That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is a football Monday here on Bird 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You got your Mac and Mac guys both with their uh, dark shirts on today. I got uh, a little bit. Of I always got to go dark, Jody. One, yeah, you, well, you know. You, you like the dark. I think mine is actually a very dark blue, as a matter of fact. And for those who wonder, it's a girl dad shirt. My daughter gave me this for last uh, Father's Day, I believe it was. And man, I put a t-shirt on because I went out and did gardening this weekend. I had to put a coat on this morning. What the hell is up with this weather, McMullen? It's a yo-yo, Jody. Yeah. What what the one day was up to actually the day uh of the Maxwell Club. So it was like 75 degrees. It was beautiful. Beautiful that day. Yeah. And now we're back putting coats on. All right. Uh, that is to portend things to come for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll determine over the next two hours here on Birds 365. Yeah, it's been busy since last year when I talked. You mentioned the Maxwell Club. You headed down there on Friday night. Unfortunately, I could not attend. I heard uh, it was an outstanding program and a good time had by all. Yeah, it always is. Uh, Jacob Media put on the show, so it was great from that perspective as well. You get to see a bunch of people. Got to sit next to Brandon uh, Barrett Brooks. I already made the Brandon Barrett mistake and his lovely wife. So I got to meet the better half uh, uh, of that duo. Uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful lady. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. A lot of people there, obviously, got to see Brian Dawkins, and that was you know, um, it, it's during, I, I joked about it. I wish you were there, Jody, because, you know, the Eagles had not been doing anything and not been doing anything and not been doing anything. Then all of a sudden, all right, I'm heading down to Atlantic City for the Maxwell Club. Then they're doing things. And obviously, <laughs> you know, I, it was about 10 minutes after I sat down, the news broke that the Eagles re-signed Anthony Harris and Rodney McLeod happened to be there. And I can just say that Rodney did does not think he's going to be back with the Eagles, which is my assumption as well. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out as well. But it was it was interesting from that perspective. Um, but a great event overall. I can't give it enough recommendations, five stars, whatever your standard is. If you get a chance to go next year, it's great. Basically, the entire football world of the Delaware Valley you know, is encompassed into one ballroom. So it's pretty cool. That is uh, very cool. Glad you enjoyed. Uh, and you mentioned the fact that uh, things started to pick up after you and I got off the air on Friday, the first of which was Fletcher Cox, gone. See ya later. Bye. No longer a Philadelphia Eagle. 
an all-time great defensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles, flat-out released by the Birds. And then in less than, what, six hours, eight hours, somewhere thereabouts, and it's still not even official, but the uh, word started to come out uh, that Fletcher Cox was coming back to the Eagles on a one-year contract, re-signed, the cap numbers, and we'll have our cap expert on a little bit later to try and clear some of this up because I'll be completely honest. I don't understand exactly what was accomplished by releasing Fletcher Cox and then resigning Fletcher Cox, which seems to be almost the exact same contract. Maybe they save a couple hundred thousand. Maybe they save a million dollars, and we'll get Fred Spielberg from over the cap uh, to, to jump on with us and explain it to us. Um I guess it's Howie Roseman doing his number crunching magic with the salary cap. John, if you can explain it to me, I would love to learn. <laughs> I, I don't quite. Well, we tried. Understand. We tried. I, I gave it. That's the reason I got Brad on. So I want Brad to explain this and I'm going to get out of the way. Uh, I We kind of got into this on Friday. By the way, did I say Brian Dawkins? I had Brian Dawkins on my mind because he was at the Maxwell Club, but Rodney was there. And he got the humanitarian award. Rodney doesn't think he's well, back. You, so you if I screwed that up. You, no, you said you saw both of them. Yeah. If I screwed that up, I just wanted to clarify. Uh, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, to me, it comes across. And, again, you know, guys like Brad who really have a, you know, this stuff down, they really understand what's going on. He, he called it, I think, one of the most complicated contracts he's ever seen uh, with the NFL. The Eagles – redid it so many times i joked you know there's so many addendums on this thing so many <laughs> post-it notes you can just picture you can just picture it just littered with um and they kind of um wanted to reset it and and go into the more of the jason kelsey year-to-year thing with fletcher cox and and they sort of bit the bullet uh, and this is the time they were able to get it done and as i mentioned on Friday, it's a calculated gamble because once you give somebody the opportunity to take bone calls and Todd Francis Fletcher's agent, he was able to take bone calls uh, presumably. And if somebody showed up with two years and, you know, maybe up the guaranteed money up to 20 million, you might lose the guy. So it was a, a little bit of a calculated gamble, but it was pretty, it was pretty clear early on just by the way the Eagles handled the release uh, that they had, uh, they had a good indication they were going to be able to get them back. And, you know, it was just sort of resetting from my perspective from this contract that was over leveraged from pushing the, the can down the road. Remember, we always talk about roster building. You know, it's about more than one year. It's about more than immediacy. It's about, it's about, you know, and GMs will tell you three years. I've argued it's really two years, but you know, it used to be five years. Either way, you got to think more than immediacy. And next year, we've been talking about this for a while, the new television contracts for the NFL kick in. So you're going to see this massive spike in the salary cap because everything is figured out on the revenue shared between the players and owners. And that's going to, there's going to be a big spike because of the increases in the TV deals. That doesn't kick in until next year. Looks like to me the Eagles want to get their ducks in a row and make sure they have everything ready and stop doing that stuff. So when the boom comes, the boom comes, they're ready for it. 
So here is the simplest of questions. And again, we're going to have Brad on a little bit later and he'll try and uh, work out some of the cap uh, implications of this deal. Should the Eagles have just moved on? Like you said, anytime you release a player, you're giving them a possibility to sell themselves to the entire National Football League. You never know. Somebody comes in, does something financially that you don't expect. Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, but you never know when you make a move like that. It didn't preclude the Eagles from re-signing Fletcher Cox, which is exactly what they did. Should they have just moved on and said, Fletcher, all-time great, acknowledge him as a guy who was a major contributor to the Super Bowl champion, but not the productive player he once was. Uh, time to just go into let's rebuild this position mode. Should the Eagles have just said, all right, as long as we're releasing him, we might as well just move on from him as well? Or do you think they did the right thing by bringing him back? No, I, I think they did the right thing by bringing him back. I think I, I think he's still a very good player. I think he's not the player he once was, and that's what people expect. And, and you know, understandably, because this is, you know, one of the greatest uh, defensive players in Eagles history, and that's not hyperbole. This is one of their great players in their history, and that's one of the reasons, by the way, I knew they were trying to bring him back. Well, they said it at the end of the press release, but every time, anytime they ever turn the page on a franchise icon, you know, I, they get the full Monty treatment. Jeffrey Lurie chimes in, Howie Roseman chimes in, Nick Sirianni would have chimed in. Uh, this was sort of just a bookkeeping mode. You could see that early on. Look, they what the Eagles are very good at, and we'll talk about this as the show goes on as well, because so many people are so upset they haven't been able to get mm. much done in free agency. What what the Eagles are very good at is valuation. Nobody can uh, dismiss that. We talked about it with Boston Scott. Boston Scott's back. We 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 had that discussion. You said give him the two point four million. You don't have, you don't need to give him the two point four million, and they were right, and they got him back. And they got him back at a, a at a more you know at a number of third a better number for a third string running back. They're very good at valuation. Um, now you can talk about evaluation, which is probably more important, but that's a different discussion, and that's you know more hit and miss. But they kind of understand where everybody fits in, where everybody should be. This is still a really good player. He's not a superstar like he once was. Um, very unlikely they're going to be replacing them, you know, and I, I, you know, because the thought process is, well, you know, Javon Hargrave is, is better than Fletcher Cox now because he had the sacks and he tied with Josh Sweat for the sacks lead and Fletcher didn't have a big sack number, but I got to tell you, Jody, Javon was not good defending the run. And what do we always talk about? In in March, nobody gives it. I say it a hundred times. Nobody gives a shit about defending the run, right. um, especially in March. But it gets more important as you get down to the season. So I went to and yeah, I went to Pro Football Focus and I looked it up. And our buddy Brad Spielberg is going to be on, so we'll give him another plug. Um, Fletcher was 29th ranked by Pro Football Focus for defensive tackles. Jay Bomb was 31. The big difference was Fletcher still really good depending to run, still okay, uh, rushing the passer, not nearly as dominant as he once was. 
Javon was really good rushing the passer, really bad. I think it was 105 of 110, depending the run. That's yeah. how bad he was. They need this player. They still need this player. And he bought, and I'm talking about Fletcher Cox, he bought in in the second half of the season. You know, I always say with Fletcher, he had a lot of success with Jim Swartz, a lot of success. And if you look at it from the player's perspective, you know, he's playing three technique. He doesn't have any responsibilities. The head coach is there, the defensive line coach, Jeremiah Washburn said, like, go get the quarterback. Just, you know, have fun, just rip, you know. And all of a sudden, Jonathan Gannon shows up. <clears throat> well, we're going to play a three technique, but sometimes we need you at four eyes. Sometimes we need you at five. More more buried fronts. Uh, they want to have different looks on different uh, different downs to try to confuse the quarterbacks, which didn't work that well. But nonetheless, that was the plan. Um, he didn't like it. He was used to the other way of doing things. He had a ton of success the other way of doing things. And it took him a while to get used to it. But once he got used to it, and once he had his sort of little venting session, um, everything was fine. And they turned the page. And I do think people assume, like, if you argue with somebody or you argue with a coach or a coach yells at a player, that okay, that's it. They can't get along. It's not that case at all, <laughs> you know. And these two get along now, and they wanted him back. They got him a play. Now, everything comes down to money, and we'll talk about Deshaun Watson with, with that. Ultimately, everything comes down to money. And I'm not saying if another team didn't come in here at last minute and offer him three years with significant guaranteed money that went far above the Eagles, he, he'd be gone. He'd be out of here. But the Eagles are very good. At, at judging where people are in the league. And they took that calculated gamble and they were right. So, you know, but I do think he should be back. Right. And here's, uh, and that was the question I asked about just on a talent and a football non-money side uh, was the right evaluation made to bring him back. And you're right, unless Milton Williams becomes a, a full-time player next year, or the Eagles are going to use one of those first-round draft picks on a defensive tackle, which they still may. Uh, but you're planning on plugging and playing a player like that. They kind of needed to bring Fletcher Cox back. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Boston Scott. You're right. Howie Roseman judged the market. I thought 2.4 was not an outrageous number for a guy like Boston Scott on what I project them to be able to come in to do for the Eagles next year. They got him re-signed for a couple of hundred thousand dollars less. And I guess every couple hundred thousand dollars add up, it is less than 1%. The cap is going to be what this year? Over 200 million, right? Uh, 208, I believe. Yeah. So if we're talking about a couple of hundred thousand, we're talking less than 1%, 1.2% if you're saving a couple of hundred thousand. Uh, so I guess yeah, if you can save it, you do save it. But here's, here's the uh, problem I potentially have. And I know this is a long shot. What if Boston Scott has a really good year? What if he outperforms all other Eagle running backs? And at the end of the year, the Eagles look at him as their number one running back. He'll be a free agent again because he only signed a one-year contract. If I'm Boston Scott's agent, if I'm Boston Scott, more importantly, I'll remember that the Eagles squeezed me. 
Yeah, you got me to sign. Yeah, you saved a couple of hundred thousand dollars. But that came out of my pocket. If I have a bigger year next year and I'm a free agent, the Eagles want to retain me because he is deemed to be that good a fit in Nick Sirianni's uh, system. Oh, yeah, I'm going to hold the Eagles uh, above and beyond. Uh, one of those money's equal in two different places. Oh, you get that. He's going to stay with the hometown team. Well, not if you do what the Eagles did to Boston Scott here. <clears throat> Maybe he says, well, I'm, well, I'm going to get those couple hundred thousand and then some back. If the Eagles want to retain me, yeah, it's going to cost them more than Team X, who's willing to pay me close to the same thing. I'll take close because the Eagles, I'm going to expect more out of. Sometimes you have to factor that in. Sometimes the savings doesn't equate to the bad will that you're going to have with the player. And that's why I said what I did about Boston Scott before uh, he re-signed with the Eagles this week. We'll see how it shakes out. They did save a couple of hundred thousand. I'm sure with the Fletcher Cox thing, when we get Brad Spielberg on, he's going to explain to us where the Eagles saved a million, two million, somewhere thereabouts under the cap. That's a little bit more significant. So uh, it's a bigger ballpark that you're playing in. Howie's really good at that. Always has been. Uh, your uh, stance of their very good evaluation is true. They managed to, I think they managed the cap as well as uh, almost every other team in the National Football League. Uh, we'll see if these little uh, side deals that they do, you, you got to be able to turn around and make use of it. Every couple of hundred thousand dollars that you save, you got to put into somewhere else, have the ability to use that. Uh, bringing back Anthony Harris, was that the big move of the weekend, John? If not, uh, certainly the Fletcher Cox is the biggest name of it, but Anthony Harris retained on a one-year deal. You you pumping your fist after that one? <laughs> Well, I don't think anybody's pumping their fists, but <clears throat> real quick before we turn the page on Boston, he got 1.75. So, you know, you hear the, 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 you know, the spin of the agent and there's some incentives in there, but that's not going to count against the salary cap. I think that unless the total... he achieves them, then it counts against next year. Yeah. But I mean, nine times out of 10, those, those incentives are unachievable. And that's how these agents get these giant numbers out there that nobody ever sees. Um, the total guarantee 1.1 million. So that's the real value of the contract. So it's a little bit more significant, but yeah, from a, from a playing perspective, well, look, which one, which one is it? The contract 1.75 or it's 1.1. Well, he's guaranteed 1.1. His salary is 1.75. I assume. Okay. Do you think Boston's not going to make the team? No, I assume he's going to make the team. I assume okay. he's going to so make then, that one. And the number is 1.75 if you're projecting. Yeah, but Jody, this is one of those things where you got to be right. You don't got to be right all the time. In the case of Boston Scott, look, you could take Miles Sanders is a starting running back on this team. Kenny Gainwell right now is the second string running back on this team. That's the plan moving forward. They're probably going to draft a running back. Boston Scott is going to be the third or fourth running back on this team. Now, I can't tell you everybody's not going to get injured, and maybe everybody gets injured, everybody falls aside, everybody doesn't play well. Boston gets his uh, uh, chance and opportunity and plays lights out. I was going to be up anyway, even if they gave him the 2.43 million. So you can't run your team like that is all I'm trying to say. The Eagles made the right valuation. We, we kill Howie Roseman when he gets stuff wrong and I'll kill him right now with the safety position. Um, and, and you got to give him credit when he does stuff right. In this indication, he did stuff right now with Anthony Harris. And there's two different sort of, 
balls on this particular thing. It, it's sort of like wide receiver as well. The Eagles know they have to get better at the position. They tried to sign Marcus Williams. They were in on Marcus Williams. Um, Baltimore went to a spot they didn't want to go. We talked about valuation. The New York Jets, I think, offered more money. I've heard conflicting reports. I, I was told both the Jets and the Ravens outbid um, the Eagles for Marcus Williams, but some other people heard some different things and said the Eagles were close to what Baltimore offered. I, I don't think that's the case, but here nor there. So there's two different things. Like this is a this is a results-driven business. So when you don't get results, like uh, the Eagles haven't been able to upgrade a wide receiver. They haven't been able to upgrade at safety. They haven't gotten those results. But then the mindset is different, right? You know, they're trying. They tried to trade for Calvin Ridley. They thought they had to trade for Calvin Ridley. They were in on Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson just wanted to go to the Super Bowl champions. Um, Some people said they were in on Robert Woods. Haven't been able to confirm that yet. He goes to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, There was another receiver. uh, Oh, Kristen Kirk. And we all know the money he got was just ridiculous. You can't, you can't pay him that they're paying him like he's Jerry, the 2022 Jerry Rice. Uh, That's absurd. What Jacksonville gave him. And the same thing with Marcus Williams at safety. Um, So, you know, at at wide receiver, it's obviously more obvious because you get, you don't get plan a, you don't get plan B, you don't get plan C you're down. You're already down to plan E. And maybe we're talking about, Zach, that name, Zach Pascal, at the end of the week, but who knows, or in a couple weeks, which isn't going to excite people. And the same thing with Anthony Harris, it isn't going to excite people. The most interesting thing to me is I thought they were going to sign one between Rodney McLeod and Anthony Harris, and I thought they would default to Rodney McLeod. But I also said I thought Gannon would rather have Anthony Harris. Um, of the two. Now, neither should be sexy to the fans because they're both Let me jump players. in there and answer your question. Why do you think that's the case? Why do you think Gannon would prefer Harris over Rodney McLeod? I'm assuming it has to do with their abilities on the field because Rodney's been here longer, but Gannon isn't tied to the previous Rodney uh, McLeod achievements, a.k.a. Super Bowl champion and the like. What is it about Harris that you think Gannon prefers his game to McLeod's? Well, one, he's been around Harris more than he's been around McLeod. So he's very comfortable. He's very familiar with his, with the player. He was in Minnesota when Anthony started his career. So um, Anthony's got a better feel for what Jonathan wants to do, even though Rodney's been here much longer for the Eagles, but that was obviously Jim Swartz. So I, I think, Anthony was a better fit for Jonathan. That's why they went out and got him in the first place. I didn't think he played at a level where you would say, but the Eagles have made a big deal about this in front of the cameras and behind the cameras, you know, about this, you know, we're an extension to the coaching staff. And a lot of that is always lip service. I certainly think it was lip service during the Doug Peterson era, to be honest, but they do seem to be, trying to be more cognizant of getting players that fit what their coaches want to do. Uh, Hassan Reddick 
perfect example of that. That position didn't even exist under the old regime. Um, and now they bring in a player, uh, a, a big money player for them, certainly, at, at a position that didn't even exist uh, two years ago in Philadelphia. Um, that's one example. Anthony Harris was one example. Eric Wilson was one example. Not a good example, but he was an example of a player they thought could fit a particular scheme. Um, they do seem to be trending in that direction a little bit more. And I think this was, hey, who do you want? One of the two to Jonathan Gannon. He said, well, I'd rather have Anthony. Um, you know, and that's some of the, they obviously, they're going to get a safety. Might be in the draft, might be still in pre agency. They're going to get another safety. Um, but it seems like, it certainly seems like, and certainly Rodney thinks uh, they made their decision. Um, and you never say never, but it doesn't look like Rodney's going to be back. Eagles at safety. Here's Epsy. Uh, just, just saying. Well, they like Mark. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Marcus played very well last year, to be honest, in limited times. Now, there's a lot of players that can play well for limited, like a good, uh, a, a, a good backup infield or utility man in baseball. There's a lot of guys who can are good when they got to play a day a week and, and they can play a bunch of different positions and they become very valuable. And then the more they play, if somebody gets hurt, they get a, They tend to get exposed. That's what you have to see with Marcus Epps. Can, you know, if, if he's forced into playing, um, is, can he keep up that level of play over an extensive amount of snaps or opposing offense is going to figure out, Hey, 22s on the field. Uh, let's take advantage of that. You know, it's, it's interesting, but I, the Eagles are going to get a safety. They're a draft or they don't even like K Wallace a little bit at this point. I mean, they're going to get a safety if it's in the draft, even for depth purposes, still on pre-agency. Everybody so, wants somebody's to somebody's got to start. Them. Depth is nice. Don't you have to get your starters in place and then yeah, worry well, about your depth rather than it, get your depth and go, yeah, we still had a, a starter. Well, if you find Ooh, a way. Do we have depth at safety? If you find a way to get Kyle Hamilton because he ran a 4-6 and he falls, uh, then your issues are solved. Right. Then you have, um, you know, the, the kid Baylor. I know people are talking. Uh, Petrie from Baylor, I think his name is. Jalen uh, Petrie, uh, if they get him in the second round, then you sort of have like a talented kid. Maybe he can hit the ground running. Maybe he can't. But they're going to get a safety somewhere. And they might sign a veteran still. Uh, you know, everybody wants the honey badger. I, I don't. Everything depends on market. The fact that he's still out there tells you a lot. He's talking to some people who say, you know, he doesn't have the same speed he did have a couple of years ago. So I, I think it's buyer beware on, on him. When you say they're going to get a safety, I, I'll take it your word, but we probably could have said the same thing last year with, they're going to get a linebacker and then they got Eric Wilson. So just acknowledging. Oh that yeah. They good. might get the wrong safety. That's, I'm not saying they're going to get the right. Point I'm trying to make here. Just saying they're going to get a safety doesn't do the laundry for me. Uh, get a safety that can step in and start 
and be an average player. I'm not even asking for above average. I'm not asking for great like the Honey Badger. I want a competent safety. We don't know that they're going to be able to get that just yet. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac guys. We told you Brad Spielberg uh, from Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com is going to come on and try and help us understand and break down the details of how the Eagles saved money, what Howie Roseman was able to accomplish to give himself more wiggle room under the cap with the release and then re-signing of Fletcher Cox. So we'll get uh, Brad up here in hour number two. But when we come back, we'll talk about the new quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, who absolutely could have been the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. For all those who said, oh, he didn't want to come here. He didn't want to come here. Nothing the Eagles could do about him. Bro, he, he wasn't going to, come to come Cleveland here, either. He oh, didn't want to come here. shockingly, he got re-added to the Cleveland Browns, and now he is a Cleveland Jody, Brown. Remember, remember what I texted you? Uh, 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 ten days, it was probably five to ten days ago, about why Deshaun Watson wasn't coming here. Remember when I texted you and I said you can't mention it on the air? about his relationship with Jalen that he developed with Quincy Avery. Well, oh, now yes, you can yes, mention yes, it. Yes, 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 I know now, exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, now yeah, you can mention it because we can? it's out. Yeah, now oh, you okay. can mention it because Here's what I say to your text. Baloney does not hold any water. If the Eagles had come up with $240 million guaranteed dollars, here's what I think Deshaun Watson would have said about his relationship with his quarterback coach, who happens to be the same quarterback coach as Jalen Hurts. Oops, sorry. Now, that, here's that's why, my belief. Now, here's why it matters, Jody. Here's why it matters. And it's widely reported, so you can dismiss it all you want. It's 100% accurate. The Eagles, Houston set down the uh the the parameters for offers um and the eagles were one of the teams that called and this part might be hyperbole but what i was told they were turned down in five minutes they were turned down in five minutes through deshaun watson and his agent uh david uh mulligetta i always screw up his name but uh he deserves a ton of credit they were turned down very, very quickly, and it had a relationship. They weren't talking to the Eagles. They weren't waiving their no-trade clause. So they didn't get the offer. Now, one thing, I get what you're saying, because they had eliminated Cleveland and, and uh, Carolina. And then David circled back and said, hey, all right, last chance. This is, this is what Atlanta, everybody in the league thought he was going to Atlanta, including Atlanta, believe me, thought he was going home. All right, you want to go, you want to, you want to better this? And Cleveland came in with the, the, the biggest contract in NFL history, the first five year fully guaranteed contract in NFL history. So I get what you're saying. The, the preference, it turns out, he had a preference to play in the Southeast. That's what it was. So people who say it was um, debunked. No, he had a preference. He was down to Atlanta. And if every, in other words, if everybody offered the same contract, he was playing in Atlanta. And then Cleveland probably would have been fourth. Everybody didn't offer the same contract. 
So you're right. It wasn't. The preference wasn't a hard and fast rule. That was the part that was debunked. He took the money. He took the bag. And David, because he's smart and he's very good at his job, then he spun it and said, well, this is the best roster. No. If Atlanta offered the same contract he'd been in, in Atlanta right now, that's good spin after the fact. But Cleveland went above and beyond, sort of like Jacksonville with, with Christian Kirk. Now, I will say the Eagles never got an opportunity to be in this bidding, Jody. I will say there's no stinking way the Eagles would have matched this contract. So even if they were allowed in the bidding, uh, they wouldn't have won. However, the part that I texted you days and days ago is 100% true. Jeff McLean's reporting it now. Aaron Wilson's reporting it now. He is very close and has a very good relationship to Jalen Hurts. Now, what I said is this is show business and not show friends. But you're right from that perspective. If there were two options, it would have been, I'm sorry, Jalen. It never came to that. It exploded. He had tons of opportunities. I will disagree with you, John. Um, I talked to a Cleveland source last night and asked about how this deal came about and uh, the timeline and everything else. This was what my Cleveland source told me. What It wasn't the agent going back to Cleveland going, hey, we'll let you take one more shot here. No, the Browns were the ones who reached out and said, we're willing to redo our offer because they had heard when Carolina had been eliminated some of the details of what their offer was in a restructured contract to him came out, and they had been either advised, told, off the record – that that was the reason that he had moved away from Carolina was their restructuring, their extra money that they're tacking on just wasn't good enough. And the Browns came up with the belief that, oh, I guess this could be the driving force. So they came both barrels with an unbelievable guarantee, every single penny, $230 million offer. That that was the moving, the, the main moving force behind Cleveland doing what it did. Yeah, I mean, I was that told- it was a money deal more than anything else. I was told it was uh, Cleveland never gave up even when they were ruled out. So, you know, that's sort of like, all right, maybe they initiated, maybe David initiated, maybe David gave everybody one final shot. Maybe they initiated, but it was about money. That to me is the key part. It was about money. It wasn't about anything else, but from that. So I get what you're saying. If the Eagles offered to it, the problem is the Eagles never got into the party. They weren't allowed in the party because Deshaun wasn't going to consider the Eagles. And I've said this from the start. There's a million reasons. It could be weather. It could be money. It could be location. It could be all of those things balled into one. We saw it with Devontae. Devontae Adams wants to play with Derek Carr. I have no stinking idea why other than they're good friends from their college days. But it doesn't make any sense from a – logical sense after you played with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And I like Derek Carr and he's, he's a good quarterback, but come on, you just played with the best ever or one of the best ever. It doesn't make any sense, but so because it doesn't make sense. And by the way, it doesn't make sense to me either, Jody, because it doesn't make sense to you or me. 
that is the reason why Deshaun Watson wouldn't consider the Philadelphia Eagles and never wavered for a calendar year, never wavered for a calendar stinking year. They were never in this thing. Never. Yeah. They got, they got, and for all those reports and all those people, how he's going to pop up like a whack-a-mole and he's going to get to, no, they had to turn the page after the five minutes and it might've been 10 minutes. Everybody's, everybody has all this hyperbole in these types of situations and Cleveland might've initiated David might've initiated back and forth. Bottom line is it was money. It was the fully guaranteed, guaranteed money. And at the end of the day, the Eagles weren't going to offer that anyway. Right. So, and that, that's the point I was trying to get to. I'm not second guessing the Eagles on their ultimate decision to not go to the lengths that it was going to take to get to Sean Watson here, which are above and beyond what the Cleveland Browns did, which I think is outrageous to begin with. So the bottom line is it what he wasn't going to end up here. But those who said he had no chance. They were eliminated. They couldn't get. They him were up. eliminated. They were eliminated. If they went to two hundred fifty million dollars, you don't think he'd be here instead of Cleveland? No, no. Okay, yeah. yeah. Then you and I are going to disagree. I, I think mean, what Deshaun Watson showed with his actions, the dollars outweigh everything. He had eliminated Cleveland, and all of a sudden, then why he's a Cleveland would he Brown. listen? And that's really simple for me to read into. Then it. why would the he highest listen? bidder wins? Then why wouldn't he? Yes, the highest bidder won. You have to be if you're at if you're at uh, Sotheby's, you got to be led into the auction to be the highest bidder. If you're not into the led into the auction, you can't be the highest bidder. That's when, my when point. the Cleveland Browns were eliminated and told, sorry, you're no longer in the mix. Guess what? They were on the same footing as the Philadelphia Eagles. No, they weren't. They were a finalist. They were let into the they were a finalist house. Was eliminated. Yes, but the Eagles And then weren't. they got back in. So why couldn't Come the Eagles on, get in? Jody, I know you understand this. They weren't allowed to bid. They weren't permitted to bid. Did Howie Roseman ever have a conversation with the agents? Yeah, they no. They at well, he's had again because I know you're big on semantics. He's talked to David a lot over the years. There you David's go. a big time agent. Well, now, I'm not talking about any other player other than Deshaun Watson. I'm talking about did he get the chance to talk to the agent about Deshaun Watson? At some time, at some at some point, this is going to come out. And this is going to be reported. And it might be, you don't have to trust me. I don't know who you trust. It might be Peter King. It might be McLean. At some point, this is going to be point, point, reported. And I want an apology because the Eagles were never allowed to give an offer and were never allowed. And, and the agent, Deshaun Watson, refused to waive the no trade clause. So if you can't bid, if you're not permitted to bid, you can't outbid anybody. You can offer $500 million in your bedroom talking to yourself, but if they won't listen to you, it's not going to resonate with them. All right, yes. When when I see Deshaun Watson or his agent go on the record and say, we we never accepted well, come a on, bid. Jody. An agent's not going to go on the record. When's the last one who went? Maybe twenty years after his after his playing career's over. Maybe I'll talk about it then. Look, if you're not going to trust anybody, I can't force you to trust reporting. I'm telling you, it's been reported. I told you 
I told you seven days before it came out, and that, now it's reported, and you still don't believe it. Now, well, how do but, I make but John, that? John, it's not that I don't believe you. I'm just judging what happened. Yes, you told me seven days ago. Listen, he's not coming to the Eagles because he has a good relationship with Jalen Hurts. He doesn't want to step But you don't Jaylen find Hurts it strange. Stuff. And when you told that to me, I accepted it. And I still accept it. However, things transpired since that I think outweigh the relationship between those two guys. The fact that he joined a team that was in the bidding for him that was told your services are no longer needed that they got back into the bidding and ended up with the player to me in reporting that outweighs what has been reported. Uh, I confirmed, but just reported. Uh, I'll four... judge actions that have actually taken place than reporting that may or may not be in, in play. And of the four teams, you're correct. With those four teams, with those four who were led into the velvet rope in the VIP room, you're correct. With those four teams, the Eagles were not one of those four teams. And they were not one of uh, uh, the teams that were the, the, because there were two phases. There were over 12 teams that tried um, to get uh, a meaning uh, and, and, and get an offer in with Deshaun Watson. Some just bowed out because they knew they wouldn't be able to offer what certain other teams could. Uh, some were refused, like Philadelphia, um, and I, I, don't, I don't know who else was refused. Um, of those four teams, you're correct, but the Eagles aren't amongst those four teams. I mean, I, I, if you don't believe it, you don't believe it. They weren't in it. Yeah, I, 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 again, I'll repeat what I just said. I will judge actions more than reports, and here's the action that we know. There was a team that ended up with the services who were in the bidding, came out of the bidding. It was down to just two teams. And then they got back into the bidding. How did they do that? By putting an unbelievable amount of money on the table. And I got to believe anyone else who reached out to the agent, at least expressed an interest in the player, could have done the same. I'm okay with the Eagles not getting... Uh, I don't think that they've ruined their franchise for years to come. I don't think that Sean Watson's going to win multiple Super Bowls in Cleveland. I'm okay with the result. I just want, I'm giving you my belief that if the Eagles were desperate and wanted to get to Sean Watson, that they could have, if they had been willing to go above and beyond what the Cleveland Browns did. I wouldn't if I'm Howie Roseman. If I'm the Eagles, Howie made the right move. And maybe it was that plain and simple. He had an, a knowledge of what the numbers were getting to, what it was going to take. And he said, Thank you. No, yeah, it's Deshaun Watson better than he James would have. He, he would have. I'm gonna pass on getting into that neighborhood. And if how he did that, good for him. But I Eagles, believe they could have gotten into the neighborhood. The Eagles wanted the player, always wanted the player. They wanted Russell Wilson, always wanted Russell Wilson. Those are the two players they wanted as a potential upgrade if they could have gotten an upgrade on on Jalen Hurts. Um, everybody else, for those who want to start the Baker Mayfield conversation, please don't. Um, no, they wanted a home run. Uh, they would have uh, loved to have either of those particular players. Um, there was no path ultimately to either one for them. And it wasn't about putting another zero on the check. Neither player wanted to play here. Neither. Yeah. For different reasons different reasons 
but neither player wanted to play here. And right. once that once that happens, there's yeah, that's that's the book is closed, and the book my, got closed. And my point is, and uh, I'm not going to. It's very apparent. I'm not going to change your mind. You're not going to change mine. I don't think he wanted to go and play with the Cleveland Browns either, but yet he's going to go play with the Cleveland Browns. So there was a way to get above and beyond where a player wanted to play. There's all, there's a level. What, you, what you, I said, you take the same contract, the same exact contract with 32 teams, he's probably playing in Atlanta, maybe right. Miami. Oh, yeah. Maybe Miami. Um, Atlanta or Miami, I would say. You take the same exact contract with the four teams he's playing in Atlanta. He's playing number one. He's playing New Orleans, number two. He's playing Carolina, number three. He's playing Cleveland, number four. And he chose number four because you're right. He went for the money. So I get what you're saying. I don't think you get what I'm saying. If there's only four teams allowed to bid, or in this case, uh, that's what it came down to. That's the ones that reached the threshold that were allowed to kiss the garments of a guy with 22. We haven't even gotten to that. 22 uh, sexual misconduct civil allegations. Um, and get down and genuflect. Of those four teams, yep, it was all about the money. But if you're not one of those four teams that can bend the knee, and press your head against the hem of the garments, it's kind of a moot point. That's all I'm trying to say. Right. And my belief is that anybody could have gotten into that group before if they had come loaded for bear with uh, enough money on a guaranteed deal. That's just my opinion. Uh, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Mac and Mac, guys. Uh, let's get our first time out in. We've been talking Eagles football steady for 45 minutes. We'll take a break. We'll come back more with Mac and Mac on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right. Just by talking with Brian in my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. 
and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Mega Mac guys here with you on Bird Street 65. Busy weekend in the National Football League. Certainly the Philadelphia Eagles. Part of that release Fletcher Cox on Friday. By late Friday, there were reports that Fletcher Cox was going to be re-signed. Uh, although there have been those that have confirmed it, the Eagles have not made it official yet. We expect that to happen sometime today, and we'll be able to get through uh, some of the... Well, Flash is official. Flash it, is back. Yeah. The Eagles have uh, put yeah. out an official statement? Yeah. It was uh, yesterday, I believe. De- details on uh, the contract? Um I haven't seen the fourteen million has been reported. I don't think it's filed yet, so we won't okay. see how it's structured. I assume it's going to be structured uh, very similar to Jason Kelsey's deal. I I think that's what they're going for. But until it's filed, um, I think that they're trying to go year to year. And I do want to correct the Eagles did not save money on Fletcher Cox. They kind of reset things with Fletcher Cox. They took on a ton of dead money still. Uh, but they had so many issues with that contract because they kept pushing, kicking the can down the road. At some point, they had to reset it. And for whatever reason, they decided uh, this was the time to reset it, which I, you know, maybe Brad has a better explanation of that. I don't I don't know why they chose this time um, uh, other than he had that. Uh, I was, and again. It was some people said 16 million, some people said 18 million uh, that he was due last week. I think it was Thursday of last week. Um, and the Eagles didn't want to pay that at the time. So they did save some money, you know, in the short term on the books, but long term, they took on a lot of dead cap money. Um, and But they had to reset it. So. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, it sounds to me like you don't have the complete definition of reset. I know for a fact I have no idea what you mean when you say reset. Well, Maybe. they, 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 they were in. You know, they had pushed off. You know how he uses the voidable years trick. So, right. you know, when he tried to create space last year, for instance, because of all the dead money for Carson Wentz. You know, you got to keep redoing deals and and restructure it and put more avoidable years on the end and converting roster, you know, uh, uh, roster bonuses and the signing bonus and vice versa uh, and try to spread everything out over five years. And, you know, that's a nice little trick, but eventually the credit card becomes due. Yep. um, And it becomes due for everybody. 
the part I'm not clear on is why now, you know, why, why now, why Pletcher, other than they wanted to find a way to keep the player and they wanted to find a way to keep the player. They didn't want to lose the player, but they didn't want to pay that uh, 18 million out. So they did it now and were willing to take on dead money. Maybe it's because they weren't able to get Marcus Williams. Maybe it's because they weren't able to get Christian Kirk. And they said, well, we got some money. We had budgeted for this. We had budgeted for Calvin Ridley. If you think about Calvin Ridley, his deal was a little over $11 Like, that was plan A for the Eagles, the wide receiver. And he would would have been playing on his fifth-year option. So it was a pretty significant number. Um, And if you think about Marcus Williams, even if you get him at $12 a year, that's a pretty significant number. And they had budgeted that money. And they didn't get those players. So maybe they said, all right, well, we have this money. We budgeted for this. Let's use it for this. I'm just spitballing. Right. Well, then spitball with me along these lines. Robert Woods became available this weekend. Alan Robinson, who a lot of Eagle fans were hoping would land here, ended up going to the defending Super Bowl champions, the Rams, who already have Cooper Cup, would like to retain OBJ and have Robert Woods under contract. So all of a sudden, not only had that wide receiver room become tremendously talented, it was also pretty damn expensive, and the Rams just couldn't uh, keep those kind of players in in line. So they ended up trading Robert Woods, who has been a very good, well above average wide receiver in the league, got a contract, about a $10 million guy. Actually, I think it's slightly less than – uh, the guy from Atlanta that you were just mentioning, which was the Eagles, Calvin Ridley, uh, plan A. Well, Robert Woods kind of fell into theirs and or anyone else's laps as a potential acquisition this weekend when they signed Allen Robinson. Damn if the Tennessee Titans didn't move in quickly and make a deal for him for a sixth round pick. Is that all? Now, I know he's coming off a major injury, missed the end of last season, could only watch the Super Bowl celebration from the sidelines but had played very well in the first half of the season before OBJ ever showed up for the Rams has been right there with Cooper cup one and one a the last several years in the Rams, the Rams team that went to the super bowl a couple of years ago, uh, Woods was a big part of, I'm going to forget about Super Bowl Sunday because it was one of the poorest offensive showings in the history of the super bowl, but they got there under Sean McVay's system, a sixth round pick. Why why didn't the Eagles offer a fifth round pick for a guy like Robert Woods? Yeah, I this is one that uh I this is a player that now there's a lot of things. He's gonna be 30. You know, we know 30 is is dirty uh dirty word in the NFL. Um you mentioned the money, uh, 10 million, a little bit better than Ridley, but Ridley's younger. I thought you said Ridley was eleven. Yeah, a little bit lesser but Ridley's oh, better number. as in better yeah. for the Eagles right yeah okay. um um you, you have the injury as well so who knows you know uh, yeah with injuries maybe they're concerned about that but I mean this guy is a tremendous tremendous route runner I mean top 10 in the NFL uh great blocker does all the technical fundamental things so we talked about adding a veteran uh, to that receiver room. Like this guy could be of immense, immense help to Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins specifically. 
just he knows how to play. He knows how to play. Um, so, yeah, I would have given up a fifth-round pick for him. Um, now, I did say one report uh, that said the Eagles had interest and he steered towards Tennessee for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if that's the case. I don't have any information on that. It, it could be another indication of, I don't know, maybe he likes Nashville. I don't know. Um, you know, we are in the player empowerment era. We just talked about a lot with Deshaun Watson. Um, who knows? But I think he would have been a perfect fit. I hope the Eagles were involved. I hope they would have considered him. I would have given up a fifth round pick for him. I don't know. They need an upgrade. This, this is, this would have been because of the way he plays because of how fundamentally sound he is. This to me would have been the perfect template of what you need in that room. Um, yeah, that one, that one I would have seriously, seriously considered. And maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe they did what? Seriously considered. Seriously considered. Well, again, I hate to be such a bottom line guy, but what what's what what does seriously considered do for you? Well, this is one of this is one of well, I understand from the fans' perspective, they only care about results. And I exactly. said there's two different things. Yeah, it's a bottom line business. You don't get but for the people like I've gotten this question so many times. I wrote about it on Sports Illustrated over the past couple of days. I get this question. Are you surprised how uh, 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 non-aggressive – are you surprised that Howie Roseman hasn't been aggressive in free agency? I've gotten that question a million times. They Now, free agency I take as the whole offseason, so not just signing players. They tried to get Calvin Ridley. They tried to get uh, Christian Kirk. They tried to get um, uh, Marcus Williams. They tried to get – they did get Hassan Reddick. Um, they were in on Allen Robinson. They didn't get any of these players. So to me, it's two different questions. The bottom line business, they're not succeeding. Uh, but for people who are saying, why aren't they being aggressive? I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, they, they, and Ridley would be the best example. I mean, they thought they had the deal done. And if they, if they had Ridley here, you know, people would be ecstatic. They go, well, we got Ridley, we got Reddick. They'd be ecstatic. One little thing like that completely veers off your plan, and then you got to be good, and you you got to have the contingency plan. They obviously did, but they can't get it done. You know, and I don't blame them in the individual decisions. I'm not paying Christian Kirk that. I don't think Allen Robinson considered them when the Super Bowl champions came calling. Um, I just don't. I, I I think that was the case. He wanted to go play out there. Um, I don't know about Woods, as I said, uh, would have made perfect sense to me if I were a GM. Um, uh, but I think they're two different sort of questions. Um, they haven't succeeded. So you're right to point that out. Um, uh, but I don't think it's necessarily an indication of lack of aggression. I think right. that's a that, 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 that's certainly fair. Uh, and you want your general manager to be aggressive and you want him to be open-minded and you want him to be in on every conversation. At the end of the day, you turn the cards over, there's a winner and there's a loser. And it's like playing cards. You can, you can bluff, you can represent good cards, 
if it plays all the way out and you got to turn your cards over and you don't have the best hand, well, then guess what? The other guy rakes in the chips. So uh, I, I like an aggressive player. I like an aggressive general manager. I'll believe you when you tell me Howie Roseman was in on a lot of things. He was aggressive. It's a seriously results-oriented business. And the only thing that matters are the results. And uh, one you know, thing you it's did- a, I, that's the, I wanted to bring this up, and I want to bring this up with Brad, but I run a, want to run it by you. Uh, because I constantly, I saw, and it wasn't Brad, it wasn't Brad Spielberger, um, but it was one of the old, uh, other cab guys who uh, was talking about Woods, and he, he mentioned something about, I'd never take on that contract. I, if, if the Rams aren't paying part of that contract, I wouldn't take on that contract. Uh, for a 30-year-old player coming off an injury, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, Tennessee's a team that needs to reset. And I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, what, where are we with this with this cap stuff? Where are we when you're saying, now, granted, Tennessee was very disappointing, obviously, in the playoffs. But they were the number one stinking seed. Right. They won more the games than everybody else in the AFC. Won and they more, need to reset. And they need to re that's what I'm saying. Now, <laughs> if you look at where free agency is, and the AFC has gotten so much stronger. I mean, it seems like every big pl- good player is going from the NFC to the AFC, not vice versa. So the AFC does on paper look much stronger than even one. And it was stronger last year, by the way. It was already stronger. So right now, in the snapshot of March, whatever, where are we? March 21st, which means absolutely nothing. In the snapshot right now, it certainly looks like the AFC is a lot better than the NFC. And it certainly looks like a lot of teams are catching up to the Titans. But I can't say, if I'm Mike Vrabel, as disappointing as that loss was, and I'm John Robinson, I'm not going to sit here and say I got to reset because I got Ryan Tannehill and every and Deshaun Watson's in Cleveland and Russell Wilson's in Denver and you know Justin Herbert's already there and Patrick Mahomes and on and on and on. I can't think that way. So I, I say to myself, and this is what I want to ask Brad, but I'll ask you as well. Are there any good contracts? Because every time I say, "Oh, that's too much." <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Money for this guy. That's too much money for this guy. That's too much money for this guy. Are there any good... Con- Do you have to pay good players at some point, right? I mean... What you can't pay anybody? I, I, where are we in this, Jody? Yeah, I, I don't I, get it. You and I certainly agree on Robert Woods that he's well worth ten million dollars for next year compared to the other wide receivers, compared to what wide receiver contracts are, compared to a minimal cost of a sixth round pick in exchange for a guy who's a Pro Bowl level tight end. The only question is coming back off the injury. But as you correctly pointed out, Ridley was their number one choice this offseason. And we're this close to getting a deal. He walked away from the team in the middle of the season. He needed a mental break. So if you're the Eagles and you're running shy because, ooh, he's coming off an ACL, you were ready to take on Calvin Ridley, who you had no idea what his mental state was. So they proved that they were willing to take a gamble for a very talented football player at a reasonable price, both salary rise and in exchange. Yeah, they could have gotten the Robert Woods deal done, and they didn't. I don't know why he's in Tennessee, uh, and the player didn't have a no-trade clause, so uh, I don't know how he actually dictated where he was going to end up. Deshaun yeah, Watson being able to dictate where he's going to be. Oh, that I understand. He had a no-trade clause. He had the hammer. I'm not sure what hammer Robert Well, Woods you know, I'll, I'll, uh, uh, your guy, Peter King, uh, actually did it. That's where I got this uh, idea. So I'll, I'll give Peter King credit. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> In his column today, he put five contracts he liked. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking at it. And, you know, it's Russell Gage. It's Ted Karras in Cincinnati. It's uh, Russell Douglas. Uh, with Green Bay, our old friend going back. It's Miles Jack in Pittsburgh. And probably the biggest name player would be Allen Robinson. He said he liked that for the Rams, uh, who got three years and pretty significant money. So he's the one, at least a little bit of outlier, but he'd still be considered a bargain. Like they're all bargains. Like I'll, I'll sit here and tell Wait, you right on, now. John, which, which is it? They're all bargains or they're all bad contracts? Which are we talking about? No, these are good contracts. He's saying these are five contracts I like. So I'm saying nobody likes any contracts. These are the five contracts Peter King liked. So, but they're all bargains. I, I'm saying to myself, now I think like everybody else, I mean, if you judge by precedent, Deshaun Watson is widely overpaid wildly overpaid not not even bringing in the fact he hasn't played in the calendar year or he has 22 sexual misconduct allegations still hanging over his head from a civil war even if i put that off to the side as a player he is wildly overpaid but i guarantee you this jody he's going to mean a lot more than the cleveland browns than any of those five slow-mos so i mean that's what i'm trying to say like where where are we that nobody's worth anything and we're looking at oh this is a good deal this is a good deal for an above average player I, that's kind of my thought like I, have we gone too far with this I mean you get a good player you got to pay a good player 
that's always been how professional sports is. And now it seems to me like everybody's like, oh, you can't pay. We went through it with the Sixers and James Harden. Well, how could you bring James Harden in for that? Well, what do you want? What I I mean, do right. you want good players or do you not want good players? John, it is the want of every sport now. You're right to take it to the NBA. It's what it's all about. It's about contracts. If you're living in capped worlds like the NBA and the NFL are, we'd love to just say, is he a good player or a bad player? Will he make my team better? How much better will he make my team? Money is a big factor and the ability to stay under the cap. That's why Fletcher Cox became an ex-Eagle for 24 hours. One reason and one reason only, money. So you can't avoid it, and that's what guys like you and I do. Certainly Brad Spielberger does, and we'll have him up in about 15 minutes. That's kind of his main gig is to evaluate how much a player is worth and is a team making a good move or a bad move. We may or may not like it. We may or may not think too much emphasis. No, I don't have it, a problem. But my, it is my, a, it's a necessity. No, my problem isn't with people judging it or people. That's what, you know, if people didn't care about it, we wouldn't have a job. I don't have any problem with that part. My problem is the lack of awareness that, you know, good players are, you know, and I shouldn't even use the term good. I should use great players have a disproportionate impact on your level of success than above average players who you might get for a bargain. And you might be out wheeling and dealing some other dumb team. Um, and those are the types of players that you have to pay. And you can't always default to, that's too much. That's too much. You, well, you, you can. You can do anything you want. You can, Obviously, anybody, any team can do anything they want. So you can always default to that. But, and Howie has said this himself, then, then the confetti's not coming down on your head. I mean, you're you're not you're not winning without superstar players. Yeah, but see, that's the funny part of the whole thing. Who is that guy for the 2007 Super Bowl champion Eagles? Who is the superstar player? The guy who well Carson was, but he got hurt. But he got hurt, and and people dismiss it. But it, Car- Carson it, wasn't getting the money yet. He was on his rookie deal. What are you talking about? No, and that's that's great, and that's the reason why the Eagles were were win winning a Super Bowl is the fact that, but they had this superstar player and they understood, by the way, obviously things went off the rail and people can say whatever they want. I'm talking about 2017 Carson Wentz before the injury was a superstar player, whether people want to admit that or not for that very short shelf life, he was, if he was not the best player in the NFL, he was certainly in the top three. I I agree Um, with that. But very you, short you, self you tied superstar it, money to superstar players to superstar money. Carson Wentz wasn't making superstar money at the time. So you're no, right. That's Everybody needs point. superstar players to win a championship. But can you can 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 things fall into place where you can actually win a championship without having that superstar? Yeah, but but my point money. is when it got time to pay Carson Wentz, even though it was clear he was not the same player, they still paid him because they understood, you know, if you have a superstar player and they were wrong on the evaluation at that point, um, obviously now that's fair to say you have to pay him. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, that's the part I, I don't understand. Is is what I'm trying to. But that would have us. been really impressive from Howie Roseman if he had done that. Said, 
Yeah, no, it Carson did. No, he was an MVP. Yeah, candidate. would have been. No, we yeah. won a Super Bowl. But you know what? I'm just not seeing it going. Well, then, so and that's that's kind of my point, Jody. Is then then you turn it over every four years, you become like college. So you never pay Aaron Rodgers. You never pay Deshaun Watson. You never pay Russell Wilson, and on and on because the going rate. Matthew Stafford just got an extension, forty minutes. The going rate, and we've been talking about this. I'll ask Brad about this as well. Jalen Hurts is coming up. The going rate for a good quarterback in the NFL starts starts at forty million now. Yeah, used to start number. at thirty. Starts at forty. It is the new number in the NFL. All right, uh, like we said, Brad Spielberg uh, will join us coming up in about uh, ten minutes or so. Uh, but uh, another name that could be taken off the list of potential future Eagles who isn't an even, even an eagle yet, uh, who is still a Wolverine of Michigan before he gets drafted, had an unfortunate incident over the weekend. We'll give you the details on next, that next here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Mac and Mac, Birds 365. 
feel free to uh, what we want to ask our like, share, subscribe, Jody. Like, like share, share, and subscribe, subscribe to us here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, Brad Spielberger from uh, Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com going to join us in just a couple. Um, what uh, one of the things that played out over the weekend, John, that is kind of a hit to the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I, I like the player. I think there are going to be a couple other players that are also available at the same position when the Eagles draft in the first round. If the Eagles draft in the first round, we know where they're slated to draft, but there's so much speculation about how he's shaking, moving, and jiving and uh, dealing those potential picks. Uh, one guy did suffer a uh, significant injury, David Jabu, in his uh, pro day. Um tore his ACL and uh, I think I it was read... an Achilles. Oh, which... excuse me, Achilles. Thank you for yeah. the correction. Yes, it is the Achilles. Um, read an interesting piece. I think it was on pro football talk that when he went down, like one person went over to help him up. That <laughs> yeah, I, I, the... I mentioned that there, there, you know, one of the unsettling things, because I saw that as well about football and I've been going to training camp for, you know, 25 years around the country. Somebody gets hurt and they move up 10 yards and keep working. Now, you know, it, it's very unsettling. Um, now, they're getting medical. The medical people are with them. But, I mean, it, it just keeps going. Now, the coach might come over, you know, Gerard Avery had a scare. Uh, recently, it was a year or two ago, where he got carted off, and everybody thought it was a torn ACL. It turned out that it wasn't that bad, but you know. And Doug Peterson at the time walked over, and every, everybody, and he was carted. You know, they moved up ten yards. As I said, they kept going after a while. It's just, and I assume a similar type thing happened with the Jabo and. You know, I think Mike. Uh, it was it was Mike, right? It was Pro Football Talk. You said yeah. made a big deal out of it. It's been going on for years. It is unsettling. Um, uh, it's just the nature of football. It's always been that way, and I don't think it's changing. And the reason why I kind of feel even worse for a player like Ajabo is this is significantly going to affect. His oh, yeah. upcoming yeah. life because he's going to fall in the draft now. If he had been a guy who could potentially have been drafted in the top 10, forget about the top 10, forget about the top 20, probably falls out of the entire first round down to the second round. Not only did he, he have to go through the pain of what he had suffered in the upcoming surgery, whatever. Oh, he lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because of this potentially millions of dollars because of this. If a guy gets hurt and he's already under contract in the National Football League and it's covered for Indiana, like, okay, well, at least the guy's going to get his cash. This is money directly coming out of this young man's pocket because he was trying to prove himself to NFL scouts this weekend. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, same thing happened to Sidney Jones. I mean, Sidney Jones was going to be a, a first-round pick easily toward his Achilles Achilles at his pro day went to the Eagles in the second round. Obviously, it didn't work out um, uh, for the Eagles. So they they had a lot of interest in David Ojabo too. They they were really high on that particular player. Not to say they were going to draft him, but he was going to be in the mix. Now I imagine they're not even going to consider him because of what went on with Sidney Jones and that not working out. They kind of rolled the dice. 
Um, you know, I, it's tough. I mean, I remember uh, Jalen Smith was uh, – he got hurt in the bowl game, but he was going to be a top five pick. Oh, yeah. And he, he went down, I think, into the second round. Um, and, you know, he was able to make up money uh, in, in future deals uh, before his career started turning in a negative fashion. Lael Collins of the Cowboys as well. You remember that strange? There's a lot of things. His old girlfriend uh, was was murdered. It was a horrible story. Oh, yeah. And he got mixed up in it just because it was his old girl. And, you know, when somebody's, you know, that's that's how authorities work. You know, if if, if a spouse is killed the, the or, or, or a significant other, first person they look at is, you know, if my wife's not doing well, the first they're knocking on my door uh, first, and just the whispers. Lyle Collins was going to be a first round pick. He didn't get drafted, right? Completely undrafted. Yeah, and uh, he ultimately was able to make up and just sign with Cincinnati. As a matter of fact, um, make it up over the years, and hopefully it works out that way for David Ajabo. But yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible when that happens. It really is. And uh, that uh, just the additional reporting from uh, Pro Football Talk made me feel even that much worse about it. I felt bad to begin with because you want a player to be judged by his capabilities. And if he fell down a flight or said, that's bad luck. But he's out there trying to prove his worth to NFL teams and scouts and he ends up injuring himself. It's just uh, very unfortunate. All right. Uh, we've been talking a lot of football, and unfortunately, that falls under talking about uh, the NFL salary cap as well. Uh, because, A, we just like to talk about the talents and skills of the players and not have to worry about contracts. But, B, because we don't understand it as well as some other guys. Brad Spielberg that does. He's going to join us next one of our favorite cap guys to explain things and accounting that we just don't understand. Uh, he'll jump aboard with us next here on birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. 
go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We appreciate you streaming on into the deep end with us here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald. Joined by our buddy Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com, one of the best cap experts in the media. We've got a couple of guys on teams that actually do a pretty good job. Brad does it for uh, his media outlets, and he does it for us when we get him to join us here on Birds 365. Uh, Been pretty busy these last couple of weeks, huh, Mr. Spielberg? Yeah, it has not been uh, been a slow couple days for me at all. Well, Brad, I'm getting out of the way of this one because uh, I, I know, I think it was you who called it one of the most complicated contracts in the NFL with Fletcher Cox. The Eagles have leveraged that down the road so many times, so many post-it notes on that. I can picture it, the, the, the hard copy with all the post-it notes in the red and it crossed out. What the heck were the Eagles doing with Fletcher Cox? Why now? Because they're still taking on significant dead money. What what do you think was the plan behind what they did with Fletcher Cox? Yeah, so, I mean, you mentioned the Eagles do have some of the best cap guys in the NFL. Obviously, when your GM is a former cap guy and Howie Roseman, that would make some sense. But Jake Rosenberg, Bryce Johnson, a lot of the guys in that front office get a lot of credit for a lot of the work they do. So what was happening with Fletcher Cox's deal was when that the guarantee triggered on his compensation in 2022 – it actually opened up a window where they had the right to exercise an option bonus, and they could have pushed even more money down the line. Um, I won't get fully into the weeds, but essentially, they, they didn't want to deal with that. They wanted to get out from under that money before that began. As soon as the money became guaranteed, it kind of complicated matters a bit further. So what they did was essentially just, you know, th- th- there was the trade rumors. Obviously, maybe that was being explored a little bit. Um, but I do think they, they wanted him back no matter what. So he essentially just took a pay cut, but they couldn't just negotiate a simple pay cut on the old deal. They had to rip it up and just sign a new contract. So if if it was the date was Thursday, I believe for whether it was 16 or 18 million, that was that trigger that was going to be guaranteed. Is it just a matter of not being able to work out the details beforehand? And you have to take that calculated gamble of uh, technically making him a free agent or anybody can pick up the phone and, maybe offer two years guaranteed money, more guaranteed money. Was it just simply a timing or was there a strategy behind the fact they had to release him to just get that old contract off the books and start with a new sort of simplified deal? 
Yeah, so you know, you mentioned it at the top that they are they still did take on a good chunk of dead money. And my guess is, you know, Cox and his camp were in a situation where that kind of gave them some leverage. Where if the team approached them about a pay cut on that deal or a re, you know, kind of reworking it, they could say, Well, we know it's gonna be tough for you guys to kind of cut this contract and, and it's gonna bring on you know substantial dead money regardless. So, you know, why would we play ball? Maybe give us an extension that, that helps you guys for you know one or two years or something like that. And so I think that's probably what led to a standstill. Um, but nevertheless, yeah, they had to do something before that date on March 18th, I think it was. They had to do something. And so because they weren't able to work something out, they had to go with the cut. Um, again, like it's 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 like I said, it is one of the more complicated scenarios. I could spend the whole show just breaking down, and I don't think anyone wants that. So <laughs> nevertheless, had to be done, and now he's back, and it just kind of makes things a little bit simpler and a little bit cleaner. All right, so let's do a little cut to the chase. Did the Eagles save any money by doing what they did? Is it in this cap? Is it flexibility going forward with voidable years? Give us a little speculation as to why the capologists that the Eagles have in place ended up doing what they did. Yeah, so the report I saw was it's a one-year, $14 million deal is the new deal for Fletcher Cox, and I still have not seen the full details there, and I would venture to guess that in the same way Jason Kelsey's deal was reported as one-year, $14 million, it's not quite that, and I think maybe it's the same scenario with Fletcher Cox. But let's say it is just one-year, $14 million. They would have saved $3 million in cash there you know, compared to the $17 million he was owed on the old deal for 2022. As for the cap, yes, they still take on this big dead cap burden and then bring in a new contract. So, you know, it's it's maybe not. But the thing about the cap is that, and the Eagles know this better than anyone, you can't just look at it in a single year vacuum. So, you know, they pushed some dead cap to 2023. All told, it will benefit them. Um, it's just a matter of kind of pushing the money around and, and when are you taking that hit? So thanks for letting me follow up here, John. Um do you believe Fletcher and his agent did any quick shopping? Because <clears throat> it was a pretty good quick turnaround that the report was he's released. And then within eight or nine hours, report was very close to resigning. Now he's officially resigned. Do you think his agent uh, saw what was out there in the market and found out that there was no one willing to play in those uh, neighborhood slash uh, number markets. And that's why he came to terms to re up. I, don't know. I, I think that the interior defensive line group was arguably the weakest position group in free agency. Um, I think we saw a handful of strong contracts as teams kind of overpaid because of the scarcity there. Um, and so I think he probably did have a handful of suitors. I know, you know, maybe he's not the Fletcher Cox he once was. I still think he's probably better than a lot of the guys that got signed in this free agency class. So I'm sure there were some suitors. I think he probably wanted to return to Philadelphia if possible. Um, I'm sure other teams were offering similar, you know, one to two year deals for around, you know, 12 to 14 million, whatever it was. But ultimately, as long as Philly played ball and gave him a solid deal, didn't kind of lowball him or, or really, you know, not make a respectable offer, I think he wanted to stay. Brad, uh, one interesting, it seems to be an uptick to me. You'd probably know a little bit better. I remember Anthony Barr turning tail on Jody's Jets a couple of years ago. But this year we've had at least three pretty high profile players, Randy Gregory, uh, J.D. McKissick. Uh, I forget the third, Jody, help me out. Uh, turned, you know, agreed to terms, the Darius Smith, agreed right. to terms, and then all of a sudden said, ah, you know what, uh, I'm going to do a 180 
uh, in the so-called legal tampering period, which is an, an oxymoron, but they changed their minds. So um, is that, uh, have you seen a spike in that trend? Is that, uh, it seems to be more than usual to me. It's funny you mention that. So I did, you know, it does happen. We get, like you said, Anthony Barr happened a couple of years ago. We, we get a couple examples, but it's usually like one in off season or maybe even like one every other off season. When the third one came through, I reached out to a couple agents um, and I just said, like, you know, you know, what's the explanation for this or why do you think this is happening and stuff like that? And they said, I think it's just kind of an outlier year. And two different ones said, I don't think people realize we're negotiating with multiple teams down to the very last second. Like, we may have the same offer on the table and we're going back and forth on language or we're trying to get a sweetener from one or the other. And it is like you could be 99% of the way done with two clubs and then you make that decision. So they said, yeah, you maybe just don't hear about it as often. It doesn't get out as often and you don't see a, a true kind of sea change where a guy makes a decision. But this is why, you know, both of them also kind of lamented. This is why reporting is done too early. And people put stuff out before the, you know, before the papers actually signed reports get out. And, and that's kind of their, you know, they kind of blame that more than, than, than putting it on, you know, the onus on them, but it does happen. They're the ones putting it out, Brad. <laughs> that's the thing though, is that for the most part, sure, but not always, not always. Right. right? Or, or maybe they'll tell the guy like, Hey, look, we are, we are at the finish line. We're almost done. You should maybe hold off on reporting this, but just so you know, get ready to report yeah. on it. Get, you know, and the guy just kind of fires it off and says, you know, these two sides are uh, agreed on a deal. And they're like, look, we didn't actually, you know, we didn't agree on everything. We agreed on the parameters. We agreed on the overall value. But in the case of Randy Gregory, and this is what folks don't get too. Look, the numbers and the money is, is obviously a big part of it. These are, you know, 50, 60, 100 page contracts with language that goes on forever about all the different contingencies. And so, you know, Randy Gregory's, for example, was just simply voiding guarantees if he got fined by the league. Like that's, you know, that's not, but people think, Contracts are getting held up over, but that is what, what contracts are getting held up on over. All right. Uh, my next question is a two-parter, and they tie to each other. Uh, reported that Darius Slay's contract has been redone by the Philadelphia Eagles to save uh, over $10 million in salary cap space. Sometimes we hear about these deals that the team just implements it that they don't even need to get permission from the player. They just move money around. Now, the player never objects because usually it goes from base salary to some kind of a bonus, which means guaranteed, which means cash up front, which everybody is going to take when, when, when they're told that's coming their way. But sometimes they do need to talk to the player. They probably talked to Fletcher Cox about redoing his deal before they did release him and then re-sign him. Explain how that works where a team can just move money around. And do you know in the Slay deal, was it something they did working with Darius Slay's agent or was it just the Eagles doing their own in-house restructuring of contracts to provide salary cap relief? So what that is, and I would say, you know, almost every team on almost every contract, not all of them though, but for the most part, it's called automatic conversion language. And so it is written to the contract up front, essentially that, if we need to restructure your deal to create salary cap space, we can do that unilaterally without you signing off on it, without you giving us permission. There is a distinction, though, and, and Darius Slay, the last two off-seasons had this happen. If you want to add void years onto the end of it so you can spread even more money out, for that reason, you do need to get the player's consent because technically you're signing a new contract by adding a dummy, a dummy year to the deal. Right. So 
for slays, I think you probably did have to say, yeah, yes, okay, we, we can do this. But, yeah, that is how teams do it. It's automatic conversion language. They don't need the player to sign off on it. Um, and, and that is standard in, like I said, 95% of NFL contracts. Brad, philosophical question for you, because I was reading Peter King's column uh, this morning, and he put uh, five contracts he liked in free agency. Um, and, you know, it got me thinking. I, and by and large, generally, the guys at the top of free agency, the, the stars, the top players at each position, are going to get overpaid, typically. Um, I noticed this trend that nobody likes contracts. Nobody, this guy got paid too much money. This guy got paid too much money. And especially at the top, because those guys are, when you hit the open market and there's desperation, and we see with Deshaun Watson, different, obviously, trade, but five years fully guaranteed. Um, it, the mentality of you have to have good players. So, in, in you know, the valuation of position, we know running back is devalued. We know linebackers devalued. Obviously, quarterback is not uh, devalued. Does it just come down to evaluation? Because once you have evaluation of the player, not valuation, because once you have a superstar, don't you have to pay him? Even though it's kind of baked in, you're going to overpay him? Or do you have to be disciplined? You know, I think the bigger issue is more when non-superstars, when like fringe, you know, when very good players get paid like superstars and stuff like that, I think it's more where the issues come in. But I will say to your point that, Whenever kind of everyone catches up to something, I think we then kind of hit an inflection point where maybe you can then kind of leverage that and use that against the trend. So, you know, for years and years, we all thought, oh, you go out and sign these big ticket free agents, then teams kind of realize like these deals are not working out. Everyone's overpaying just to get them. They're not getting the production they were hoping for. Maybe now it's gone so far that you maybe can kind of find some good values in that market. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. It's just at the end of the day, Teams that have the player in the beginning, they're going to know that guy better than anyone else. What I would say is if the guy hits free agency, that in itself is a signal. That's right a bad there. sign, yeah. If the guy's an elite player, he's not a free agent, right? So, yeah. um, you know, teams have too much control in this league to let that happen. But I hear you. I hear you. Maybe we now have reached the point where if everyone thinks that, then you probably could actually sign a top-of-market guy, and it won't be as bad as it used to be. Brad, a, a quick story for both you and John that kind of frames – the question slash point that I want to make uh, doing a radio show 30 years ago, 20 some odd years ago, I uh, had Bobby Clark on as a guest and I asked him about a free agent signing by another team. And he said to me, I'm not going to allow another team to dictate the salary structure of my team. And I just kind of rolled my eyes and said, well, Bobby, you may not like it, but Oh Yes that salary structure has just been changed because this other team made this decision. And man, did he get mad at me for saying that? He didn't want to hear it, but I felt the need to do so. How is the rest of the National Football League responding today, do you think, behind closed doors to the Deshaun Watson deal? Because, oh, by the way, the bar has just been reset across the entire National Football League. And no matter how much other teams want to say, well, we wouldn't have done that. Well, you're right. You may not have, but Oh, it's going to affect what you're going to need to do going forward. 
How are the other 31 teams reacting to what happened with Deshaun Watson this weekend? There are some owners that are probably very upset. And and, and to put it simply, like, yes, the, the five years fully guaranteed is now two years beyond Kirk Cousins. But the thing that's really is different there is that folks don't know this. If you fully guarantee money as an owner, you have to put the future money into escrow. So they the, the, the Browns have to put $157.5 million into escrow for Deshaun Watson's contract alone. That is something that not all owners can do. I mean, I'm not going to name owners, but like there are owners that do not have the liquidity and the cash on hand to ever do that. There are I some, did it for you, Brad. Mark Davis. There, okay. There's one. Uh, the owner in Philadelphia, that's not an issue. If he, yeah. he wanted to do that, I'm sure he could. I'm sure he would. But that is an issue where it is creating a market that there are clubs that cannot contend in. So obviously it's an outlier situation. And, and obviously, you know, there's ways to combat that. But you look in the same state of Ohio, you know, if Joe Burrow asks for that contract next year, which he should. Mike Brown cannot do that. Like he, he I mean, yeah, you know, I don't want to speak to his finances, yeah. but based on everything That's he's done in his contractually in the past, I don't think he can do that. So definitely, I don't, I don't think fan, or, you know, owners were stoked about the structure there. It definitely changes the game. I think players are going to push now. Obviously, quarterback is its own market and has different things happen to it. But you know, if you're a player now, you say, okay, well, quarterback is five years, but I want fully guaranteed money in you know the third year of my deal now as a position player and stuff like that. It, it absolutely changes things for everyone. Well, you mentioned that name. That's always been an interesting name to me, uh, Kirk Cousins, because he's a good quarterback, but you know he gets paid like a great quarterback and. Then it's tough to build a roster, a winning roster around that type of quarterback. Here in Philadelphia, um, you know, people have made this a big thing that the Eagles have this this shelf life because Jalen Hurts is a young ascending player um, to build up the roster around him. But man, that window is small, Brad. I mean, this is it. This year. Um, and then you have to start talking extension with a player like Jalen Hurts. I mean, you can play out the fourth year of his rookie deal, but he's probably not going to be happy with that, even though he's a stand-up guy. I think they could do it. But ultimately, the shelf life is not that long. And then you have to start talking about what's the benchmark now? $35 million? For a quarterback in this league, cost of doing business for an effective starting quarterback, never mind the Aaron Rodgers and the Deshaun Watsons and the top tier. Are we getting closer to a situation where it's going to be like college and people are just going to turn over quarterbacks? Because if you don't have the superstar, why are you going to pay 30, 35 million for just a guy? A hundred percent. I mean, I think we're seeing that play out right now in real time where teams reacted to, you know, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff in 2016 got the extension after their third year. And then obviously things went straight downhill from there. And I think the overreaction or just reaction to that was, you know, Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson not getting extensions last offseason. And now because both of those guys probably lowered their stock, if anything, last year, we're now seeing the reaction from Kyler Murray, I mean, he put out that statement because he's yeah. afraid of the same thing happening. He's owed five and a half million dollars in cash this upcoming season. I mean, like, and he's worth, you know, whatever you think of him, he's worth, you know, five, ten times that. So, yes, I do think teams now realize paying a mediocre guy or a guy that has not shown he can be elite 
this big money deal kills you. And Cleveland does not pull off this trade if they had extended Baker Mayfield, which, hey, credit to them. I mean, he was coming off their first playoff win in 25 years and all these things. He was a solid player in his third year. They did not make that mistake. He was obviously not good last year. I do. I think that it's going to be a trend now where we're not going to see the Kirk Cousins, the Derek Carrs, the, you know, those guys that when they signed their extension was top of market and they were good but not great quarterbacks. I think there's going to be pushback. But, of course, then, yes, the players are then going to kind of exert their leverage and, and, and maybe not show up, not play, do all these things. It's, it's going to be an ongoing battle for sure. All right. I want to tie your uh, cap abilities with your football evaluation abilities here. Uh, off the question that John just asked about, could we see an era whereby it's just a churn, an overturn? Every five years, you get a rookie deal, you move on to the next guy because you don't want to pay $40 million. Here's one of the hurdles to that. This year's NFL draft quarterback class. It's nothing special. I don't know that there is a franchise quarterback. And if it's your turn to churn, and it's the year that you need to go out and get that new guy, and you look and go, oh, shoot, we don't really like any of these guys, then what do you do? Somebody's got to play quarterback for your team. Give me your overall uh, grade, overall evaluation of this year's draftable quarterbacks. Uh, How high is high? Is it going to be Willis first because he's got the biggest upside, but uh, but maybe the biggest floor as well? Uh, Give us the Brad Spielberger draft report on quarterbacks coming out in this year's draft. Well, no, I mean, your point is perfect, and that's why teams are afraid to do this because even having an average quarterback or maybe slightly above average, that stability, that high floor is worth a ton of money or worth a ton of value in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this quarterback class at all. Um, I do think Malik Willis will be the first quarterback off the board. I think he will go in the top 10 picks. Um, maybe if someone has to trade up into the you know the 9, 10 range, but I do think that'll happen. And then I think Kenny Pickett will be a first rounder and Desmond Ritter is a fringe, maybe bottom of the first round type guy as well. Um, But yeah, I I don't think it's a particularly strong class. I would be nervous. Uh, I mean, look, I don't want to start any of these guys right away. Pickett's probably the most pro ready. Willis, in my opinion, you are targeting week one, 2023 with him. I do think his tools are just a lot better than everybody else's, but yeah, that, that is the risk. And that's the whole point. That's why these guys get paid because if you're a GM and your job is on the line, we may make fun of going, you know, nine and eight and sneaking the playoffs as a wild card or because you should have bottomed out and had a top pick, whatever. The incentives of the decision makers are not going to align with our, you know, armchair GMs at home. And so that's why those guys get paid. All right. I'm going to pick on a couple players here, Brad, because what the heck? They're making a lot of money, so they can take it. But I'm going to guarantee to you right now that. After two years, uh, Kristen Kirk and Marcus Williams are either out or they're restructuring their deals. Because to me, they're good. They're good players, but they're not great players, sort of what we were talking about at at quarterback. But they're being paid like great players now. And the expectation by fans in their particular markets will be to see great players and they're not going to be great players. And they're going to go, what the hell's going on here? Have NFL teams done research on this and have people like you done research on just how many uh, big money free agents flame out after those first two years when teams are smart enough, at least to structure those things to sort of have an out in year three. 
Absolutely. This is something that's been going on for a long time. Um, you know, expected contract value or just the actual expectation of how much money on this deal is actually going to get paid. How many years is this guy actually going to play on this contract? For Kirk, in the structure there, it basically is a two-year deal, and then we'll see. Um, it is way too much money regardless of the structure, but yeah. And then Williams, you know, the thing there is, yeah, it is a huge deal, but it's also interesting there for him to not get the same money that free safeties were getting in 2020 offseason, so two years ago now. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's a bit surprising. It's not because the NFL has kind of shown the last couple of years they, they value these true deep third free safeties less. The guys that are willing to pay are guys that can play in too high, that can come down in the box, make plays in the run game, you know, maybe can cover in the slot, just have more skill set than just being a ball hawk that stands in the deep third and maybe only impacts a handful of plays a game. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is, that's what goes back to our original conversation. That's why, you know, these deals are coming down a bit is, yeah, the, like the odds that these guys are playing on four and five year deals is, is close to 0%. Yeah, I, I got a disagreement with both of you guys. I think Marcus Williams is a hell of a player. Yeah. Um, you just described him as being great in one aspect of, or uh, a couple, not all aspects of being a safety. Don't you think the Ravens are going to expect him to be that kind of safety, to be able to do more, to give him that kind of money? I think he's capable of it. I'm a, apparently a bigger fan than either of you two guys. You don't think the Ravens, the Ravens be okay with paying him to do exactly what you just suggested are his strengths? I thought he got better last year in, in those areas. I, I thought he did improve, you know, better better run defense, better just, you know, more versatility to his game. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan for sure. I, no, like I'm saying, like the fact that he could have pushed to try to get 16 plus million dollars per year. You know, he was a top guy available coming off a franchise tag, another good season. Um, I don't disagree with you. It's just that's kind of been the trend. But yeah, like you're saying, I mean, we're talking about an organization that understands safety play probably better than any other organization um, in the NFL. I just think that again, yeah, if he if they viewed him truly as a guy they thought was elite in all those areas, he's getting more, not more than Jamal Adams, but he's approaching Jamal Adams. He's not getting 14 million per year. Uh Brad Spielberger, make sure you read him at Pro Football Focus, does a tremendous job. I think the best salary cap analyst here in the media. Uh still a contributor, contributor to over to cap.com. I didn't know you were a former Vikings legal intern, though, Brad. That is news to me. So uh, that's a bit of a surprise, and maybe you should have warned him on Kirk Cousins. I'll, but bet, you, I I'll bet you he's got a good story for us, yeah. Mullen, that he can't tell I hear on the air. Yeah. So we're going to have to get him out for a cocktail one night to give us some behind-the-scenes yeah. legal maneuverings of the Minnesota Vikings. Last we'll one, I gonna... think we can work something out. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, uh, Was Kevin Warren there? When you were there, he was actually yeah. when I was there, it was pretty surreal. Uh, yeah. we come into the office one day, all the TVs are on the Big Ten Network channel. And we're like, What the hell's going on? <laughs> and it's Kevin Warren walking up to the podium to say, You know, he's leaving Minnesota to go to the Big Ten. Everyone loved him there, everyone yeah. was happy for Good him, guy. but it was very yeah. surreal and weird. Yeah. Like the guy who ran the whole show, um, you know, announcing his new job on live television as we're all kind of sitting there, it was pretty cool. Yeah, he's a good guy, uh, Kevin Warren. I forget who took over. Uh, for the Vikings, you might know. But uh, I do want to put you on the spot. Last one for me. Uh, give me two or three contracts that, that Brad Spielberger likes here in free agency. Just cost-effective, uh, good, solid deals for those respective teams. 
Yeah, so I thought Baltimore Ravens did well with Morgan Moses. Uh, right tackle, can play some left tackle. Three-year, $15 million deal. He was with the Jets last year, but with Washington for almost a decade, I think, before that. Um, just a really solid player. Doesn't miss really many snaps at all. Good as a pass protector and a run blocker. Um, I, I just thought that was a great deal. Um, I'll stick on the offensive line. Young guard, James Daniels. Going to be 24 years old in week one. Will be younger than some prospects taken in this year's draft class. Steelers signing for three years, twenty six point two five million per year or per year total. Um, about almost you know a little under nine million dollars per year. I thought that was a great value deal as well. Um, let's see one other one for you. I made a list this morning on blanket, but those those two I thought were great. Very good. I right, I'm gonna put your feet to the fire, Cat Boy, and make you make a prediction. <laughs> um, Russell Wilson's contract was not redone. I thought that that would get done before he got traded to the Broncos. I've seen quotes from the general manager, Pat, and said, well, we'll, we'll talk about it, but uh, nothing is imminent. It's going to get imminent real quick here after what happened with Deshaun Watson. If Watson is at uh, $46 million per, which 230 by 5, 46. Rodgers is 50. Russell Wilson in between? Does he go past Rodgers at over 50 per? Does he come in under? And I know there's guaranteed, non-guaranteed, a lot of different ways you can look at it. Where does Russell Wilson's contract negotiation fall with the two biggest dogs, Rodgers and Watson, now being in place? Yeah, so I'll tell you that the best comparison for his situation is Matthew Stafford, who did him no favors in, in two respects. So when Stafford went to the Rams, he had a two-year deal for about $50 million remaining. It's the exact same situation for Russell Wilson. He has two years, $51 million remaining. Stafford agreed to wait a year. Russell Wilson, it sounds like they're trying to convince him to wait one more year and then sign a deal next offseason. The second way Stafford did not help him, signed a four-year, $160 million extension for $40 million per year. He did get $135 million of that guaranteed, so very strong you know, guarantee structure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that works against Russell Wilson getting some market-topping deal very strongly. I mean, he took a discount. He kind of said he took a discount, but nevertheless. So I think it's not going to happen this offseason. I think they will wait until next offseason. Um, and then the, my answer kind of comes down to, you know, how does how does 2022 go um, it, it, with Denver? I mean, look, if they make the playoffs, then I'm sure he'll get, I would say, between Watson and, and Rodgers, but he might push for over 50. Um, if they, you know, finish third or fourth in the, the, this gauntlet AFC West, I think they'll say, look, yeah, we'll give you a new deal. We'll give you, you know, 43, 44, whatever per year, but we're not going to be passing, you know, the Mahomes, Watson, whatever deals, which, I mean, look, they don't have a lot of leverage. All the leverage lies with Wilson when you trade that much. So maybe he does top 50, but I don't think Denver is going to be too too excited about that. Yeah, I think he flexes his leverage muscles this offseason. I think a deal gets done before they ever take the first snap of this year. We'll have to wait and see where it falls in. Brad, great stuff. We always appreciate when you come in. We are going to get you out for that cocktail for the behind-the-scenes Viking stories one of these nights. Thanks for coming on with us this morning. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Brad, Brad. Spielberger from <clears throat> OverTheCap.com and Pro Football Focus. All right, J-Mac, J-Mac, McMullen and McDonald coming back. You know what we got to do. We got to put a bow on the show.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're running out of show. Uh, John, I want to finish on this note. Um, ties to one of the things I asked Mr. Spielberger about. Uh, when a new bar is set, the Browns just reset the bar in quarterback money, $230 million guaranteed to uh, Deshaun Watson. You may not like it, like I told my Bobby Clark story. You didn't like it a little bit, but it's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, other the rules of the game. Other- other th- teams do other things, and then you have to react and or adjust. Something happened in the National Football League this weekend, and I want to see your prediction on how the Eagles are going to react and or adjust. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers put out notification that if you are a season ticket holder and you want season tickets for the 2022 season – you also have to pony up for the 2023 season as well. Two years, a commitment of two years, now obligated to get yourself season tickets. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that's because Tom Brady's coming back to play for the Bucks this year. So they decided to take advantage of that and make people pay for two years rather than one. I think it's a stone cold money grab and any explanation around it or about it is just spin that I can laugh at, but they did what they did and it's their right to do it. Anybody can do anything. You're running a team. You can make any rules that you want. And then the fans get to make the choice as they so desire. Um, Philadelphia Eagles by 2025 
because all all you need is one to open up the door. Uh, I remember uh, forever the Jets took a lot of victory laps on the fact that they were the last team to make preseason buying a part of the season ticket package. All the teams in the National Football League, you bought your season tickets which was just for the regular season game. Individuals for uh, the preseason games. And then one team said, well, now we're going to include the preseason games into the entire season ticket package. And then everybody else followed suit thereafter. The Jets were the last ones to fall prey and put those season tickets in. So I had to eventually pay for them. So um, when will the Philadelphia Eagles, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ask someone to buy not one season, but two seasons worth of uh, season tickets for uh, any upcoming year? I don't think you have to worry about it uh, here for one reason. The Eagles don't have to worry about it. Now, maybe that you never know what happens 10, 15 years down the road. If they have five consecutive bad seasons or something goes terrible, maybe they have to try some things. But I don't have to worry about stuff like that in this market. They sell tickets no matter what, no matter who's out there, no matter what people say. Now, sometimes maybe people don't show up late in the season in a bad year. But those tickets are, tickets are sold, make no mistake about it. Tampa Bay, uh, you know, difficult market if you don't have Tom Brady. So, yeah, they're trying to leverage that. And, you know, from a business standpoint, you're right. That's probably a good thing um, for them to do. But the Eagles, they don't have to. They don't have to at this point. Uh, too much passion in this market. And I know we're going to run over, but Jody, if you'll allow me, I, we haven't mentioned John Clayton. I do want to uh, mention John Clayton. You talk about setting the bar in our industry, in my industry as a reporter. John Clayton set the bar, but uh, he died Friday afternoon. Surprise to most of us. He was still working a week ago, 10 days ago, but this was the nicest man. I I, I don't even care about the reporting, you know. And I always say, you know, John lived in Seattle or Bellevue, somewhere near Seattle. Um, So obviously it's too early for uh, Birds 365. But you know what? If I asked him, he would have came on. I just I just never wanted to do that. He he because it was so early for him. Just I mean, talk about somebody who would take time. no matter, and obviously he was a big star in this particular, and I put that in quotations because reporters shouldn't be stars, but he he became larger than life, uh, the ESPN commercials. Just a, a wonderful guy, great reporter, but didn't matter to me. Always had time for you no matter what, and that one, that one hit hard. That one hurt a little bit. Yeah, I've, I think I've known John longer than you have. Um, John and I did ESPN radio together before there actually was an ESPN radio. ESPN radio started with just weekend programming before they had Monday through Friday and the sports babe and uh, Mike and Mike, which was actually Mike and Tony Bruno first and then became Mike and Mike. They just used to do weekend programming and he used to fly me up to Bristol to do weekend shows for them. And we'd get a lot of the TV guys to come in and Clayton would always be on campus. So we'd always drag him into the radio for a half an hour spot. So John and I have been friends for damn close to 30 years. And I reached out earlier in the week and I got a text back from his sister 
which I didn't know John had a sister or his sister lived close to him. And yeah, I had no idea. But his sister returned my text because I wanted him to get on my CBS show this weekend. And she said, Jody, I'm sorry, John won't be able to come on your show. Um, he's gotten sick and he had to check into the hospital. But thanks for asking, blah, blah, blah. Two days later, his sister texts me back again on Friday morning and said, Jody, I'm sorry to inform you that after a short illness, we've lost John. Her brother just passed away and she's returning my texts because I wanted to get John on my show this weekend. I, I like not only did I almost well up and cry, I felt bad that I'm asking John Clayton to come on my show. And I had no idea that the guy was sick. He's been taking care of his poor wife for a very long period of time yeah. who's had an extended illness. And it ends up that John loses his life first. It was just crushing for me. And you described him so well just a flat out good dude no ego whatsoever in the business where there are a whole bunch of egos and just uh, an attentive guy who'll get back to you and as friendly as all get out mm -hmm. and i hung with him every year at the nfl draft for the better part of a decade when it was in new york be it at the old felt forum or over at uh the the fancy place up on uh, radio uh, city radio yeah. city uh i hung with clayton each and every single year a uh, great dude and a uh, phenomenal loss for uh, those of us who follow the National Football League as closely as we do. Uh, thank you for adding that. All right, yes, as John said, we've run a little over today. Thank you guys for hanging with us. We'll be back here again tomorrow with more Eagles Talk on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.